Hello and welcome into episode number 14 of the Todd Pod. I am Todd Lisenby. Joining me today is Matt Ravis. We're going to tell you a lot more about Matt and talk about the NBA and the Oklahoma City Thunder today. But first, we want to thank some of our sponsors, MidFirst Bank, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, the Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, and Fire Lake Casino. And don't forget to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Matt Ravis is my guest. Matt, it's good to have you. And before I let you kind of introduce yourself, I just want to tell you, congratulations on your newest promotion. Someone who has been uh, you know, there and kind of watched you grow in this business. I'm very happy for you. It's very deserving. So with that said, I'll let you introduce yourself to the Todd Pod listeners and viewers today. Tell us about you, how you got to where you are, and what you're doing over at the Sports Animal right now. Thanks, Todd. Um, man, you're a good friend. Um, you've, you've been a lot of help in this business for sure. Um, I work at the Sports Animal. I'm the producer and host. Uh, I work 12 to 4, so I work with Mark Rogers each day. Uh, Kale Gundy is on with us as well, Brad Copeland. And then I work with uh, Jim Traber uh, from 2 to 4 each day, which um, is, uh, yeah, exactly, is, <laughs> uh, is, is always interesting, always interesting. Um, but, I, you know, I got my start over with, you know, with you um, over at, you know, at a different radio station a long time back. Say a long time back. It was 20. 15 or so and you you taught me a lot of things about this business you've been a big help so um appreciate you having me on and it's an honor it's an honor to be on the uh, the top well, listen, it's good to see people in the radio business that are just surviving but i feel like you're thriving so very well done and uh hey, i'm always, lucky i'm lucky always continue very very lucky you deserve everything you got you. so uh i want to talk to you today about the nba matt about the thunder especially with your Let's new role as the uh pre and post game uh, co-host there of the Thunder pre and post game festivities on uh, the flagship home for Thunder basketball, WWLS and Sports Animals. So let's talk about the Thunder. And first, I mean, what are your expectations for this season? I, it's a very I broad think when you, question number one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, expectations are, are are a lot of the season. I think last year, when you think about the win total being 23 and a half to go into the season, you talk about expectations. Those were low. And I think that was reflected in the attendance, at least for the first half of the season. Calendar turned. They were able to win a bunch more games. And I think the attendance was better at the end of the year. This year, it's all the way up to, I think it's 44, 44 and a half, something like that in, in, in Vegas, which is a, um, you know, that's a four or five win leap, depending on what side of that you go on. So I'll say this. I think they've been very, very careful in their messaging and managing expectations. Sam Presti is saying, you know, the, it, you know, the analogies, the stories that he uses, some of it goes over my head. Some of it I understand, but he's basically saying, you know, we don't measure progress necessarily in wins and losses. Um, and which is, it's kind of funny because that's this results-based business. It's literally what you measure progress in. But I think what he's saying is we don't know this team. We need to evaluate. We need guys to develop. We need to find out um, when to, you know, I'm sure you're going to ask me about the pushing the chips into the middle of the table move at some point. Um, then you figure out when is the optimal time to do that. So, you know, my expectations are probably a little bit lower than I think other people. I think there's a lot of folks who think, you know, they forecast a five win jump from the Thunder. They're going to win 45 games this year. Um, I think that the West is a bear. I really do. And I don't think that there's a ton of weakness in it. And there's not a bunch of teams tanking like there were last year. So it's, there's so many variables. It's impossible to say, um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing back a little bit on the people who think they're going to win 45 and 50 games. I, 
the, the Thunder aren't, you know, they're, they're very, very careful to manage those expectations. So as we're recording this, Matt, the Thunder have not yet played a preseason game. They're playing one tonight as we're recording this on Monday morning. Yeah. And uh, first off, I want to congratulate Chet and Wemby for both having 100 points each and breaking. I know it's not a regular season game, but Will Chamberlain's <laughs> record uh, last night. But is there anything over the course of the next couple weeks in the preseason that would make you change your mind on what you ex- expect from the Thunder this season? I think if you see, you know, if if it's just Chet Holmgren dominance, because you think about this, what this one t- – the biggest thing this team is missing is a front court presence. And they still, you know, you talk about a real quote unquote five, a true center. I don't know if they have one of those on their roster, but if he can come in and I think he will impact the game, certainly in the preseason. Um, I think he, I think there will be some growing pains. So, you know, if we'll, we'll see if there are some of those in, in the preseason. Um, Jalen Williams, I'm talking about Santa Clara, J-Dub, um, him taking a step forward as far as being a uh, primary creator. Um, I think those are the things that you want to see preseason though. It's tough. I don't, it's like the summer league, Todd. I don't think the thunder put a lot of, um, a lot of weight, a lot of emphasis on it. All right. So if you were to move forward with this team and we'll get to the throw and the chips in and when the thunder may make a move and what that might look like. But if I were to tell you, Matt Ravis, you are Sam Presti for a day and you get to pick who are the four players that you would base the core of the thunder around from right now's roster. Jay Gilgis Alexander, he's the uh, he's the lock. I think you have to say Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, uh, J Dub. The fourth one is where it's really interesting because Josh Giddy could be that guy, could be that guy. But I think that he's got to show um, the the ability to make other teams respect him as a as a jump shooter uh, for for his game to come forward. So that fourth, I think a lot of people assume Lou Dort is going to be traded. I'm I'm not so sure that Josh Giddy isn't that isn't that piece that may be moved out. Um, and it, you know the the other answer is they've got so many draft picks and like you said that trade the the, the fourth could be a, a player to be named. So you named the first three without hesitation: Shea, Chet, J Dub, Santa Clara, Jalen Williams. Is there any scenario where you would be okay, or you would think Thunder fans would be okay with those guys being traded? Any of those guys being traded away? I think they would be upset. Yeah. Now it just depends on what you're, what you're bringing in. But to me, you know, when we're talking about this conversation of who can they bring in, what if those all-stars, what if those superstars are already on their team? I mean, you already have one bona fide guy. That's, you know, that's, that's really hard to do. There's reason to think you might have another one. That's always, you know, progress is, is always mysterious in the NBA. You never know how guys are going to develop, but it looks to me like Jalen Williams could be that guy. So, I would be surprised, yeah, and I think Thunder fans would be would be upset, obviously, depending on what the you know what the what the upside of that deal was. So, assuming you're correct and that they do have really good players that are just young and still yet to be developed into superstars, kind of like Shea was when he first came to Oklahoma City. Assuming you are correct on that, and that would be like the best case scenario for Thunder yeah. fans. Do yeah. you then take those assets that the Thunder have, and do you try to overpay for role players? because it's either use them or kind of lose them or do you kick the can down the road like what do you what do you suggest they do with all these draft picks if they truly do feel like they've got a core that can win a championship well there's um they're gonna have to get creative and that's one thing you're gonna have to explore the options and that's you know i'm glad that's not my job because that all that stuff is um is kind of mind-numbing especially when you think about the new cba and all the implications that have that i don't even 
I don't even fully get that. I don't, I don't think so. Um, no, there's a world where they don't end up pushing those chips in the middle of the table and they end up having as many swings at the plate as possible, continuing to get the, um, the guys on the margin of the roster, because as, you know, as a, as a small market team, that's, that's really important to manage the margins of your roster because you're going to be, uh, you're going to run into, okay, we're paying SGA and hopefully Jalen Williams and hopefully Chet at some point and maybe Giddy and Lou Dort's making a sizable amount of money. Um, you're hoping to supplement all that with guys on rookie deals, guys on, 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 you know, low, somewhat low level contracts. So yeah, there's a world where they just end up bundling those picks, packaging them, getting creative with them and, um, and, and just rolling with what they got. Yeah. So let's look at the NBA now as a whole. Uh, you know me, Matt. I'm a big Celtics fan. The Celtics, the Bucks have made the biggest moves this offseason. Are we looking at a world now where uh, in the East you've got the two best teams in the league and then maybe, you know, like most of 3 through 12 is in the West? Is that kind of the setup yeah. you see for the season in the NBA? That's exactly right. Um, now, your Celtics, I'm worried. Robert Williams went out in, in that Drew Holiday deal, right? He is not with the Celtics Correct. anymore. He's been so important. You know that. And it, a lot of it has been, okay, is Robert Williams healthy? Can he get up? Because that's, that's a lot of that's going to be the Celtics' chances to win. Um, Porzingis will block some shots. He's going to get barbecued in pick and roll situations. So I'm a little worried about the interior. But, but, but. No, we got this. But the East, Todd, is so easy that I think that they could just moonwalk into the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bucks and the Celtics can. Um, the 76ers, I think there's, you know, there's – I don't see a lot of upside with them. I think we've seen what we're going to get from them. The Cavs are interesting. Can they make that jump? I don't know. Other than that, man, I mean, the East, I, I was talking about there's not a lot of weakness in the West. There is a lot of weakness in the East, I think. So I think the Bucks and Celtics, I think you had it exactly right. Very top-heavy, and then I think the West is going to comprise the next, you know, eight, nine, whatever teams. Sam Presti is really creative. Is there some way he can get the Thunder in the East? Like, honestly, yeah. that'd be a great move right now. Hey, expansion's going to happen, don't you think? I mean, we'll have Seattle, and then what What would the other team be, Vegas? Yeah, but I would think if they move two teams from the west to east, it would be New Orleans and Memphis first, though. Yeah, yeah. But, and I wonder hey, – I wonder. yeah, go ahead. I'm all in for Oklahoma City and Boston playing four times a year. Yeah, I mean, if you'd rather be in the east, historically, that's been, you know, over the past 20 years um, since I've been really into NBA basketball, it's been it's been weaker. So, And I, and I wonder, too, with this in-season tournament – I wonder if some of the, you know, the kind of weird divisions that they have now, I wonder if moving forward they might change up the format a little bit. Speaking of the in-season tournament, does that intrigue you at all just because of the newness of it? And do you think it'll stick on long-term? The, the novel, it's, it's novel, it's new. Um, I don't really understand the incentive from the fan standpoint. You know this, Todd, you're a big soccer fan. Those, how long has the FA Cup been around? Over 100 years, right? Oh, I mean, 150 years, something 150? like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's so much legacy, and you know, because in history and because of that, there's prestige built into that. Just because you say something has prestige doesn't mean it's prestigious. So they're gonna have to do some work with the fans. I think Marcus Smart got asked about it. He said, "Yeah, I don't really care. I don't, I'm not really gonna try for that. I'm just gonna do my thing," which is what I expect. I will say this though: the way that they worked it in the schedule is pretty genius. Uh, the, there's only two teams who have to play an 83rd game. And so you don't have to worry about, okay, you have to take this break in the middle of the season. Two more teams have to play an extra game. And so uh, the way that they worked it in is pretty clever, and I'm willing to give it a chance because of that, but I'm not, I'm not super pumped about it. Well, I also love that 
it's a time of year in November where the NBA is not getting gigantic ratings anyway, right? I mean, like, why yeah. not throw something yeah. at the wall and see if it sticks? It's not What's like less one- people are going to watch. What's the one thing everybody says? The regular season doesn't matter in the NBA. Right. Well, they're right. they're trying. I mean, you may not like the idea, but they're they're trying to give it some weight. And you know, I could see that. And uh, you know, Todd, working at a sports station, people give you all kinds of crazy off the wall ideas. People want to give the winner of that tournament playoff seed. That's I think that's going way too far. But I'd be interested in exploring some of the ways that you can make that more impactful because this year is kind of the test run. It's hard to just explain right here, but my thought has been. You know, keep it part of the regular season, but have a point system. You get one point for a regular season win and maybe two points for a tournament win. So if you have a good run in the tournament, you may move from six to third. So you know what I mean? Maybe not. Yeah, give you a little bit of a bonus. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah. get a little bit of a bonus. And maybe over time they will do that, but it will be interesting to see how it weaves in. It is very much a soccer model. I mean, the Premier League yeah. goes on and the FA Cup, they stop down and play some games and then they play some more. This, they're kind of taking a full break. Uh, and playing yeah. it in the middle of the season. But, you know, in soccer, it's so much about, like, if you're a Man City fan, you've won this many trophies this year. It's not about just winning the Premier League. or just It's about how many trophies right. you get total. So maybe that's kind of the mindset that NBA fans will work into over time. Um, if for no other reason, I think the players will latch on to it because for some of these guys, it may be their only chance to hoist a trophy, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's the other thing is you want to give – um, you want to find an anti-tanking remedy or whatever, uh, because I know that's another thing that people want to want to try to do away with in the NBA. That's a big problem. So, um, well, these regular season games all of a sudden matter more, and there's some financial incentive. So, yeah. Not to mention, I do think that just kind of the just the old school competitor and everybody. I mean, I remember playing basketball in high school, and we play in a regular season tournament that really means nothing for playoffs or anything. But when you see you got a chance to win a trophy and get a medal around your neck, it brings out a little bit more in you, right? You want to win it. So sure. um, I do think hardware. guys like Mark yeah. is smart just because their competitors will latch on to it. Oh, no doubt. no doubt. And it's still a regular season game. It still matters as far as the standings go. And again, I think that's the, um, I don't want to say genius of it because let's see it play out. But they were, I think they were very clever the way that they, they put that together and um, it's going to be Adam Silver's baby. Hopefully that's, you know, he's thinking this will be my, my legacy. Cause there's some, there's some ups and downs to Adam Silver's legacy, but he will, you know, he will, he will prize that if the in-season tournaments is, is a hit. Matt Ravis, two words and then followed by three letters. You ready for this? All right, let's hear it. James Harden, WTH. <laughs> I don't know, man. I wish I don't. I, I can't get in his head. There's no market for James Harden, right? Nobody wants James Harden. Uh, Philly barely wants James Harden. They're willing to play hardball with them. And Magic City in Atlanta loves James Harden. They would take James Harden right now. I know he's well loved in in Houston too. Not as well loved mm-hmm. in OKC, but uh, those other cities he is. So um, I, he had a great season last year. I thought I say great relative to what I expected from James Harden. I, he led the league in assists, right? I thought he was. I thought he played well. Um, unfortunately, I, like I said earlier, I think we've kind of seen the ceiling from this Philly team. And Embiid's a special player. Yeah, he killed the Celtics in the playoffs at times, too, yeah. to James Harden. So yeah. um, it's just such a weird situation. And, and like, I, the more – I had a buddy text me the other day, and it's so true. The more this Harden thing kind of plays out, you almost wonder if maybe Sam Presti didn't make the right decision. Even, you know, even the staunchest people that thought he should have kept Harden <laughs> around back in the day – like the way it's all played out, Harden does not seem like a fit here. And maybe no, Sam Presti just saw that early on. 
Hear that, Bill Simmons? You're still talking about the James Harden trade. Maybe they got yeah. that right. Um, hey, that was a different time, too. You think about it. They missed each other by, you know, they said a couple million dollars. There was some other stuff there. I think Harden wanted to be a um, a starter and not, you know, not coming off the bench. He wanted a little bit more of that, the chance to make a ton of money and put up a bunch of points, which he he did. And by the way, they won a bunch of basketball games. They, um, they're pretty close to, to beating the Warriors in, in the Western Conference Finals. But yeah, you do wonder if Presti saw that. You know, I think about how flat he was in that Miami series. But then again, he was, what, 19? You know, he's playing in his first finals. Right. Not a lot of guys that young are, are really contributing anyway. So. All right, some rapid fire. We'll try to keep the answers to 30 seconds or so here, Matt, okay. before we get out of here. The biggest surprise in a positive way for the Thunder in 23-24 will be who? I think it'll be Vasily Micic, and I know he's got this ankle injury, but I Euro basketball, I don't know if people get a chance to watch a lot of that, but it's it's a different style. I think they place an emphasis on winning and making the right play versus um, you know, a lot of people coming up through the ranks in America. It's all about how many points can you get, what sort of highlights uh can you make. I, I think he's a winner. He's like a two time Euro League MVP. People don't really know about him, but I think Vasily Micic if he can get a consistent role, that'll be the interesting thing because I I know what the starting five is. We all know what the best five is. SGA, Chet, Giddy, uh, J-Dub, um, and, and, and Lou Dort. But I don't know what the bench rotation is. So I'll be curious to see what his role is. I think it'll be Micic. All right. The Thunder host a playoff, se- uh, the host a playoff series this season if what happens? If Jalen Williams is an all-star, I think they're going to have to have, because that's, you know, you think about the the jump that the Sacramento Kings took. They have two all-stars on their team. They have De'Aaron Fox. They have Demano Sabonis. I think you need that second player to take that leap. There's reason to believe that he could. I don't, I'm not predicting it's going to happen, but yeah, if he's an all-star and I'll give a, a sub point, Chet Holmgren got to stay healthy too. I appreciate you not saying they need to finish fourth or higher because that was probably the yes, obvious answer. The obvious answer, yeah. That's the answer you would have given me if I asked you that. Right. I appreciate you going into more detail. Uh, how yeah. about this one? And please don't say they finish uh, below 10th or losing a play-in. The Thunder miss the playoffs this year if what happens? I think the Thunder miss the playoffs this year if, um, you know, some of these other teams in the West, I think, could, could pass them up. I'm not saying they finish 11th, but there are, I think there's four or five teams, at least in the West, that are locked to be better than them. There's another four that are in the same tier with them. Um, and so I, I think I could easily see how, yeah, bad break here or there with injuries, they could, you know, drop to 11. And, and that would be by, you know, the Mavericks missed out on the play-in game by, by two games last year. Um, it was extremely competitive down the stretch. So. I think the West is really, really loaded this year. I really do. I think you might have kind of answered this question earlier, but who is the player, you know, the name player that you think is most likely to be out before or at the trade deadline? Uh, ask that one more time. I, I, you cut out on me. For the Thunder, who is the player who you would most expect to be traded before or at the okay. deadline? I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say that it would be Trey Mann. I don't know if he is a lock to make this roster. If he does, I think that he will, will will certainly get traded. That may not be the sexy name you were expecting, but that's a guy who I just don't see. I don't see minutes for him in that in that guard rotation. So I'll say Trey Mann. I think is a lock to get traded. Okay, Matt. There are a lot of haters out there, especially the old men like me. All right. So I want to ask you, as a youngster, what's the best thing about the NBA? 
think the best thing about the NBA, and nobody wants to admit it, Todd, but everybody loves the drama, right? We're all upset that we're talking so much about Taylor Swift at the NFL games, but we're all tuning in to see it. Um, this is a soap opera. You know who likes everybody. You know who d- dislikes everybody. This guy dated that girl. Now she's dating him. Um, it's, it's a lot of the off-the-court stuff. It's social media that's appealing about the NBA to a lot of people. Well, I'm, I might go with the same answer you just gave for this question. What's the worst thing about the NBA, man? The worst thing about the NBA? Yeah, it's same thing. Yeah, same thing. Uh, the over-social medialization, if, if I can make that into a, a phrase right now, is, is terrible for the NBA. The hot takers, um, I think, get so much wrong about the, the NBA, and it's, it's bad for the discourse. What would Matt Ravis do to fix players sitting out and missing games with load management? It's not an easy answer. The only way to do it is shorten the schedule. It's the only way you can do it because most guys are missing back-to-backs. Most guys are sitting out at the end of the schedule. If you can eliminate back-to-backs as much as possible, I think you'll get close to eliminating load management. All right, and last question, most important one. How do you use the past tense of the word weed eat? Weed eat. Okay, that's an interesting answer. I think most go weed weed eated. Weed eated? I think weed ate is the correct answer. So you would say, I weed ate the yard early. I weed ate the yard. I I almost wanted to say like weed aten. That that was not it though. So weed ate. I guess I weed ate the yard. Similar line of questioning. I know I said last one, but what about screenshot? What is the past tense of screenshot? Screenshotted. Screenshotted. But the past I almost tense said of something I couldn't say there. Shot. What's that? But the past tense of shot is just it's still shot. Shot, yeah. Screenshot. I screenshot it. Yeah, but that sounds like I'm dumb when I say that. I screenshot it. <laughs> no, I know. Okay, just, you know, things that people don't think about that I knew you no, I about would have an before. answer to. Hey, Matt, it's really been good catching up with you. Uh, yeah, give Jim Traver all my best. The next time you see him, give him a big wet kiss on the cheek for me. And tell him I said hello. And uh, I'll be listening this year. I'm really happy for you. I know Gideon was on with John Hamm last week as well. Uh, really happy for both you guys, guys who, you know, Gideon I came up with as a producer. You are someone who I kind of saw grow as a producer. And both you guys are very, uh, very good at what you do and very deserving of those roles. So best of luck to you this year. And thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks, Todd. You've been a major, major help and a good friend to me, too. So I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. No problem, brother. Don't forget, if you like what you saw or heard today, go subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast. Subscribe on YouTube and leave a comment and let us know what you think as well or leave a review uh, on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for watching or listening. For those of you out there that don't like the look of my face, you can always check it out on YouTube next time when we come back for the next episode of The Todd Pod. Mm-hmm.